What is up? What is good, everybody? This is your boy Mel, aka Naldo Formula One, and you are now tuned in to episode three of the Naldo Formula One podcast. This will be the Austrian Grand Prix race review or race weekend review, and I'm super excited. Pretty good race, man. Overall, solid. Can't really say too much negative about it. Uh, Charles Leclerc back on the top step of the podium. Got his first win in, what, six Grand Prix? This is his first win since Australia, I believe, which is insane to think about, especially with his type of performances that he's been putting on this year and him basically missing out on race wins that weren't even really his fault, whether it be team strategy or whether it be just Ferrari blunders or the car crapping itself out basically and we even had a touch of that this race where it was a risk of of Charles not finishing this this race because his teammates car decided that it just wanted to go full inferno mode and blow up and he had some issues with his throttle pedal where it wouldn't basically wouldn't come back to him when he let off the gas and he was kind of like fidgeting with it with his foot and like pulling it back as he was going into his braking zones because obviously with these cars the the ecus won't let you downshift if your revs are too too high or not in the right range and so with his throttle pedal being messed up that is obviously going to affect that but besides all of that he still got the race win max verstappen finished second and lewis hamilton rounded out the podium in third let me see. Austria, this is – I have the sprint results up right now. I don't know why. The race results won't pop up. There we go. Okay, so Charles Leclerc on the top step of the podium. Max Verstappen finished P2. Lewis Hamilton, P3. Another podium. This is the third podium in the row for in a row for Lewis. George Russell back in the top five um, after his run in with Sergio Perez at turn four. Typical turn four incident. We've pretty much seen that almost every year for the past couple of years where a car tries to go around the outside of turn four and basically just gets squeezed wide and pushed off the track. Uh, yeah. It, it's just a tough spot to overtake around the outside because the inside line is just so it just kind of carries the car through there and it's all you're always going to run out of space so you're really giving a lot of faith to the driver on the inside by trying to make that overtake around the outside but george did receive a five second time penalty for causing a collision for hitting Perez into that corner and basically ruining Perez's race with damage to his side pod. And the damage was so, so great. And he was so far back in the field that it just wasn't worth putting the mileage on, on the power unit for, for Red Bull. So they just decided to retire him on lap 24. It just, it wasn't worth it. He was in no man's land. I think he was like 45 seconds off of like the back of the pack. And he had literally zero pace just due to the lack of downforce and the lag, like the added drag with the car being damaged. Everybody thought the race was going to be a one stop, but it ended up being a two stop for most people. I think everybody on the grid made two stops, but 
let's finish out the points finisher. So George Russell back in the top five after that incident. Good recovery drive from him. Esteban Ocon finished P5, so a great result for him. Um, getting a good haul of points, getting more points on his teammate, Fernando Alonso. Mick Schumacher got some really good points. He is in his bag right now. He's going full channeling his inner villain mode. He's entered his villain arc type, and I love it, man. It's it's good to see him have that that fire and that attitude because a lot of at the beginning of the season, a lot of people were kind of writing him off and didn't know if he had the talent or the skill to potentially even continue in F1, let alone continue on and potentially get a Ferrari seat in the future. Uh, we don't really know about that one. We'll see what happens uh, later on in his career and if he can continue these performances and if a opportunity opens up for him. But as of right now, he's just doing what he has to do. So cheers to Mick Schumacher, P6. Lando Norris in the points again in P7. Kevin Magnuson in the points. So another double points finish for Haas. Ferrari racing, great, great result from them. Daniel Ricciardo back in the points. Finally, I know it has to feel somewhat good. I know he still got beat by his teammate, but it has to feel somewhat good to be able to just get back into the points a little bit and and kind of get the monkey off of your back of these really poor finishes. And Fernando Alonso rounds out the points finishers in P10 with one championship point. Fastest lap, I believe, went to Max Verstappen at the very end. Yeah, he did. He snatched the final, the fastest lap point, I believe, on the second to last lap. So one extra championship point for Max Verstappen. And then out of the points was Valtteri Bottas, Alexander Albon, Lance Stroll, Zhou Guan Yu, Pierre Gasly, Yuki Tsunoda, Sebastian Vettel and our non-finishers were Carlos Sainz on lap 56 with an engine blow up, engine fire. Nicholas Latifi had damage to his Williams, I believe. So he is our second non-finisher and our last non-finisher was obviously Sergio Perez with that damage due to the incident and his collision with George. This was a sprint race weekend. So little bit of a different structure for the race weekend so friday you had practice one and qualifying traditional qualifying that set the grid order for the sprint and then saturday morning you had the sprint race they don't like to call it a race but it's a race and that would set the grid for the feature race on to this morning so max verstappen won the sprint charles claire finished second carlos signs third george russell fourth Sergio Perez, 5th, Esteban Ocon, 6th, Kevin Magnuson, 7th, Lewis Hamilton, 8th, Mick Schumacher, ninth. Great battle between Lewis and Mick, by the way, during that sprint race. It was really entertaining to see those two really go at it. And even being a Lewis fan, it was cool seeing Mick fight such a great driver in a faster car, essentially. I know he's getting towed along by Magnuson. He was pretty upset after the sprint that the team didn't step in and allow him to to pass Magnuson because it seemed like he had more pace. I'm pretty sure everybody's on the same page when we say that we think that Mick had more pace in the sprint and really in the race, too. So it seems like he's really found his form. Valtteri Bottas, P10 for the sprint. Lando Norris, P11. Daniel Ricciardo, P12, Lance Stroll, P13, Joe Guan Yu, P14, Pierre Gasly, P15, 
And then the bottom five was Alex Albon, Yuki Sonoda, Nicholas Latifi, and Sebastian Vettel DNF'd. I don't really remember what his issue was. And Fernando Alonso had an issue on the start, so he wasn't even able to start the sprint race. So he had to start from the back of the grid. But good good recovery drive to get back into the points. Man, the story of this race was it damn near had to be the track limits, man. I think the track limits was like the story of the weekend. They were really cracking down on the track limits this weekend. It seemed like more so than any other weekend so far this year. I pretty much everybody in some way or another either got penalized or warnings for for track limits. I I don't think I've ever seen this many black and white flags in a race weekend or just a race in general. Like I would say probably half the grid got shown black and white flags for for track limits which was kind of confusing. I know I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter that it was just the nature of the circuit that was causing the black and white flags and just how the corners are set up. It really entices you to run wide. And, I mean, we've heard the drivers talk so far this year about how it's difficult being able to see more so than last year because of, like, the little winglets that cover the top of the the tires. So that kind of blocks – a lot of the driver's vision and the tires are just bigger. I mean, you got 18 inch wheel rims and bigger tires to go with that. The wings are humongous too, but I mean, you can barely see them from the cockpit of the car. So it's kind of hard to gauge where you are on the track sometimes with that visibility issue. But the FIA and the stewards are really cracking down a lot of um, black and white flags and penalties handed out for track limits I mean, we heard the drivers complaining pretty much all race about that they weren't running over the track limits and you could barely see. I mean, you got millimeters or two. Sergio Perez was a victim of that in qualifying. He had his last three laps deleted due to track limits. And so he ended up having to start the sprint P13, recover to P5, and then looked like he would have been on for a good race result, but unfortunately ran into George or George ran into him, I guess would be the more appropriate term. And yeah, just ruined his race essentially. Let's see who else really stood out this, this weekend. It seemed like Ferrari, man, they did just, even when they win, they lose. Like it seemed like they just cannot get everything clicking and everything working at one time. And it just, I know they would much rather have had the 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 one two and get that full haul of points, especially with Perez DNFing and right as it seemed like uh, Carlos was gonna make a move on Max, his his engine just crapped out and he wasn't able to finish the race and it was kind of scary for a moment because the where he parked up at the runoff area in turn four is kind of an uphill and these cars don't have parking brakes so he put it in neutral and tried to get out. And as he was getting out, the car kept rolling back like towards the track. So if he just got out, the car would have rolled right back onto, onto the track. And that would have been a potential dangerous situation. So he's trying to stop the car and the car is on fire and the fire is getting progressively worse where it's damn near engulfing the entire rear section of the car and moving towards the cockpit as Carlos is still in it. And, 
I'm not gonna lie, I kind of my heart kind of stopped for a second because I'm like, look, forget the car, just get out like as quickly as possible. Don't even worry about the car at this point. What's more important is his own safety. And so, luckily, the marshals came out with fire extinguishers and seemed like they got it under control pretty quickly. Brought out a virtual safety car late in the race. Um, most people pit under it, so it really didn't shake up too much. And I mean, with the virtual safety cars and the Delta times, it doesn't really change the 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 running order too much. It doesn't really give anybody an advantage or a disadvantage, except maybe the timing of pit stops. But by that time, we were kind of towards the end of the race because that happened on lap 56. So, yeah, we had had about 16 laps to go. And so it really didn't affect the course of the race. Everybody had kind of settled into their strategy by then. But, yeah, cheers to Charles. He finally getting off the snide, getting back on the top step of the podium, chipping away and getting trying to get back in this championship fight. We still got a long way to go. We're a little over halfway through the season, so – there's still a lot of racing to be done and a lot of points to be won. But at least this on Sunday, it seemed like Ferrari had much better pace than the Red Bull throughout the race. And I think they were a little nicer on their tires too, which probably helped them a lot. It seemed like Charles and Carlos could push a little bit harder than Max. And Max seemed like he was complaining about his tires pretty early on into the race on both stints on the – the mediums, which only lasted him, I think, 13 laps. So he made a pretty early pit stop, which was unexpected. And the hards, too, it seemed like he was struggling a lot managing his tires on the hards while keeping up pace. I know at one point Red Bull had told him to match pace with Lewis, who was in fourth at the time. And Max seemed pretty confused about that. But I think that was before they made the decision to go full two-stop and commit to that. So – a little bit of a struggle for Max. I mean, it's crazy saying that Max struggled and still finished P2 and was only a second and a half, second and a half off of Charles by the end of the race. I know Charles was managing that issue, so that was pretty much part of the reason why the gap was closed. And Max was ready to pounce on that. And I think with a couple, a little bit longer, you put it in maybe another 10 laps into this race, and we could have gotten a real battle for the 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 race win but it seemed like Charles pretty much had it under control so good for him good result for Max great result for Mercedes all things considered with the struggles that they've had this season still consistently finishing in the top five for the most part all season and getting a nice haul of what 27 points for the team in third and fourth so I mean, based on where their pace is, they're getting maximum points and maximum results, and they're right there to take advantage of any DNFs that happen between Ferrari and Red Bull. And they're kind of clear of the rest of the midfield, which I think is what what everybody was worried about, at least Mercedes fans were worried about at the beginning of the season based on just kind of where everybody was at, that Mercedes would fall more towards the midfield than to be up fighting for wins and I mean, in the the race interviews afterwards, like the post-race interviews, I know they asked Lewis about how he felt about the race, and it seems like he's getting more comfortable with the package and that they're creeping a little bit closer. He said that he feels like every week, every race week, they're getting a little bit closer to being able to fight for that race win. He said he can feel it coming soon, and I hope for his sake and for Mercedes' sake that he's right and that that race win does come soon because I think – 
we all would be excited to see a six-way battle for for race victories and not just like a four-way battle or really like a two-way battle because for the most part Checo and and Carlos really aren't on the pace of their teammates on any given race weekend uh I know Charles not Charles uh Carlos had that great race weekend last weekend even though he's kind of fortunate because he really wasn't on the pace at all at any given point in the weekend but was there to take advantage of any opportunity that presented itself so you can't really put much fault into that Esteban Ocon man is having a sneaky good season he's he's always seems to be right up there in the top seven to eight range and being consistent I don't think he's getting the credit that he deserves this season I know I've been pretty critical of him in the past and didn't necessarily he kind of seemed like he was in that no man's land of racers where you're not great enough to win a championship but you're not bad enough to not be in the sport so that's a really difficult position for teams because like i know exactly what i'm getting out of you but do we want to take a risk on like a younger driver coming in and that could potentially be great but you're not bad enough to be like oh yeah you definitely got to be out of here so it's, it's a really tricky situation with, with guys like Esteban, but he's doing the most with the package that he's been given, so you can't really put too much fault into it. it I mean, you can only push to the maximum of the car's abilities. So shout-out to Esteban, man, putting in the results. Another good finish for him. We already went over Mick Schumacher and his points haul. Lando Norris is another guy who's – seems like his team is more so struggling and still finding a way to pull out results and get points. I know they're firmly in the midfield right now and not kind of where they wanted to be, at least with the past couple of years. seemed like they were pushing their way towards the front, but not necessarily there at the moment. We'll see what happens throughout the rest of the season and the coming up seasons to be when these uh, these teams really start figuring out this these cars and this platform and being able to take advantage of of the tools that they've been giving and the resources and stuff because McLaren is at no shortage of resources. They definitely got enough money to make some shake, and so we need to see how they're going to put that money to use and resources and all that good stuff. Daniel Ricardo, we kind of went over him already. K-Mag, there was a great battle. I forgot when that happened, but there was like a five-way crazy battle between, it was like Mick, it was like the two Hasses, Mick and Magnuson, Lando, Stroll, I think was in there, and like Alonzo, I believe. And they were just like swipe, swatch, like switching and swapping around, excuse me, switching and swapping around left and right. You you had two guys fighting for a corner and then all of a sudden a third guy comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that was that was insane to watch. They were like three wide going into turn three at the hairpin kind of, and that was crazy to see. That's, kind of, that's the kind of stuff that you really see on like the F1 game. You don't really ever see like three wide battles at any given point in current F1 standards and like racing and stuff like that. So let's see who else do we have to talk about. Botas was kind of in no man's land. He had a recovery drive after engine penalties and stuff. So that kind of ruined my race predictions. And speaking of, let's go ahead and get into my race predictions because I don't think 
I did as well this weekend as I did last weekend. I had a lot going on this weekend. Um, great friends of me and my girlfriend actually are pregnant right now, and they asked us to be godparents, so we were up in Dallas for the weekend at baby shower, diaper party, celebrating with them, and they gave us the honor of being godparents, so I'm super excited about that. And let me go to my race predictions. That's why I wasn't as active on my social media this weekend. I just had other more important stuff going on. But my first prediction was Max win from pole and the sprint win too. Basically total domination from Max. That It looked like I was on for that because it seemed like Max was going to have this under control based on just the pace he was showing in the sprint on Saturday morning. But it just didn't work out that way. Seemed like the Ferrari was nicer on his tires over long distances, so that didn't really age that well. But it is what it is. I said Botas top five finish. I actually made that prediction before I found out he was taking engine penalties. And what's crazy is when I made that prediction, I was kind of going back and forth between either Botas or Ocon top five. And something was telling me to say Ocon, but I just didn't trust my gut. So that should be a good indication for anybody out there listening to just always trust your gut in your first instinct. I said Leclerc P2 finish in the race. That was obviously wrong because he won the race. Signs out of the top five. Technically, I was right. I mean, I know it wasn't exactly the way I predicted it. I thought Mercedes would have better pace. But at the same time, uh, if you listen to the last episode, you kind of knew that, ooh, I'm watching the the race highlights right now. And it was on lap 24 between – it was Alfa Romeo – it was the both Hasses and Alfa Romeo. I think it was Joe and Alonzo and Norris that were fighting five wide. There was a moment where they were like all bunched up and going into turn three and you were just holding your breath because you knew that wasn't going to age well. But somehow they all gave each other enough space just to make it through. And it was crazy to see. But back to my predictions, I said signs out of the top five, which was technically true. Like, I um, was pretty much right about that, even though it wasn't the way I expected it to be. I thought somebody would just have more pace than Signs, and I thought Signs would get a bit of a reality check after um, his race win last weekend. But regardless, I was right. And I said both Astons will start lower than P15. And I believe that was correct, too. Um, Vettel DNF'd, and no, I was wrong. So... Lance Stroll started P13, so I was wrong by two places. So I went one for five this weekend. Not my best weekend, but you can't get them right all the time or else I would be real popular in Vegas or, I guess, unpopular, depending on what way you look at it. Uh, Back to the rest of the race results. I'm trying to think of any other major storylines. This race was okay, man. It wasn't the greatest. I would say it definitely was a little let down from last week, but I think any realistic fan would have expected that it would have been a little let down. It can be a difficult track, Austria, to overtake because of the way the DRS zones are set up on three back-to-back straights, and you can really get caught up in like a DRS train if you don't really have the outright pace. So it, it, it can get tough, but overall it was a solid race. If I had to to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably give it like a 6.5, a 7, just above average, pretty good, not great, not anything notable. I don't think this will be a classic or anything like that, but 
overall a decent race. Can't can't really complain too much. I've had definitely seen more boring races than this, but let's go ahead and just give out my driver grades for the weekend. Um I think I'm gonna do some TikTok clips on like my mid season driver power rankings and team power rankings. Uh, I haven't been as active on TikTok, just do like the podcast has really been trying to invest in this and make this right and figure out my setup and the audio and try to make that as good as possible. I'm trying to get better every weekend and I feel like I'm definitely getting more comfortable with it every every single podcast. But I definitely if you got some feedback, let me know on my on my social media channels again at Naldo F1 on all of them, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Or Naldo Formula One. It's that is all spelled out. But yeah, just let the boy know where I can make some improvements or what you would like to hear from me or any other content ideas. Definitely open to all of that good stuff. Yeah, everybody else is kind of in in no man's land outside of that five wide battle. We really didn't see much of of anybody because we were pretty much stuck on the the leaders or the battle between. Um, Lewis and the two Ferrari or the two Hasses because he was caught behind them for a little while again same way he was caught behind them in the sprint race and so yeah there was really wasn't much else to watch outside of that so we can go ahead and get the driver and team grades and then I will get out of here pretty quick podcast today not a whole lot I know Checo was really upset after after the race and deservingly so from the incident with George and he was very critical and so was Christian Horner. But I think that's what we've come to expect with, with Red Bull. They're definitely going to be openly critical about their, their rivals if they make a mistake and hey, it, it kind of is what it is. I think we all have come to know what to expect with Red Bull. They're a great team, but they, they wear their hearts on their sleeves and they're very brash and they don't really care who they offend and, I mean, hey, it works for them, so if you like it, I love it. So let's just go down and grade. Charles, A-plus, can't fault it, didn't put a foot wrong the entire week. And, yeah, just got just did what he had to do this weekend. Definitely an important win for him, especially at a, a track like this where Red Bull have traditionally dominated at their home race. I mean, they just genuinely really understand this track well, so – Good for Charles. Max, I'll give an A to. He had a good race. Just didn't seem like the car had the pace today. It is what it is. Lewis, I'll give an, an A to as well back on the podium. If I was rating the entire weekend, it might be knocked down a little bit just because of his crash. And so, but overall, had a really good race. Once he got through into the top four, he was kind of by itself for the rest of the race there was nobody really close to him but put on a good performance nonetheless and like i said if you're on the podium for the most part you're going to get a good grade from me george russell i'll have to give a b minus two solely because of the contact with um checo at the beginning of the race it if it wasn't for that great recovery drive from him, but he wouldn't have had to have a recovery drive if it wasn't for that incident. So B minus for George, but top five finish. So overall, really good result. Esteban Ocon, a top five finish kind of in his own race at that point. I know he got caught by Russell towards the end, but 
the Alpine just doesn't have the pace of the Mercedes. So that's a pretty easy, that was always going to be a pretty easy overtake for George. Mick Schumacher, A plus, top seven finish in a Haas when it seemed like he was in no man's land at the beginning of the season where he couldn't really, he couldn't even keep the car in one piece for the most part, but it seemed like he's really coming to his own. So A plus from him, Lando Norris, A top seven finish. Doesn't seem like McLaren really deserved to be there, but got the results nonetheless. So A for him, Kevin Magnuson, B plus good result, not on the pace of his teammate, but it kind of is what it is. Not really, anything too necessarily too too wrong with his performance daniel ricardo i'll give a b to not his best performance but he got points which is saying a lot based on his recent performances so b plus or no b for daniel fernando alonso i'll give him a b minus i think he had an overall good result wasn't on the pace of his teammate i know he got caught up in some battles which really slowed him down but again he's if you look at the standings and the race results, I know Fernando's had a lot of bad luck this season, but he's kind of getting slapped up by Esteban, which I don't think anybody really expected. And I really hope he picks these these performances up because, again, like I said in the first podcast with the, the quarterly race review, I don't think you can just be out here holding spots especially if you're just out here for fun, not even really competing for championships and stuff. There are definitely young drivers that are deserving of a seat, but it is what it is. Valtteri Bottas, P11, I give him a B. Decent recovery drive. Wish he would have gotten to the points, but not too much to say on Valtteri. Alex Albon, give him a C. I'm pretty much going to give everybody from Alex Albon, Lance Stroll, and Joe a C. We didn't really see much of them, and they really weren't in the points, didn't make much of an impression at all in this race, so they were pretty much all going to get Cs from me. Pierre added, ugh, got to kind of, I think I'm going to give Pierre a D really in no man's land this race. I know he got caught up with some penalties and track limits and incidents and stuff like that, but it was a tough race weekend for Pierre and for Alpha Tower as a whole. Um, Yuki Sonoda, C, really in no man's land. Sebastian Vettel, I'm going to give a C to. He he was running in the points for a while, but it seemed like he had no luck this weekend between people pushing him off the track and hitting him. And, like, yeah, he just – Sebastian didn't have any love, didn't get any love. The F1 guys did not love Sebastian Vettel back this weekend. So, tough race for him. I'm not going to rate the, the non-finishers as usual. And we'll go to the teams. Ferrari – they get a B from me just because they're going to have to get their reliability together if they really want to compete for both titles. Like, you can't be DNFing and making bad strategy calls. And they got to figure out what's going on with this power unit and get it together because they're they're losing points every, every week. And that's not going to beat a team like Red Bull. And, hell, it potentially wouldn't beat a team like Mercedes if they continue on this type of, this type of pace. Red Bull, I'll give a B plus to. Overall good, 
the Checo thing wasn't really their fault, but they just didn't have the pace this weekend and couldn't really figure it out on the race weekend. I can't even say that they didn't have the pace this weekend. They just didn't have the pace today. And so that that's kind of it for them. But overall, solid weekend. Again, the Checo thing wasn't really the fault of the team, but it's just stuff you have to deal with. Mercedes gets an A maximizing points finishes based on their the pace that they had you can't really fault it got still on the podium two top five finishers in third and fourth get a nice haul of points outscored both the teams ahead of them this weekend so can't really fault it alpine they get an a2 put a car in the top five one uh, double points finish so they're really seeing they really seem like them and Haas are kind of controlling the midfield right now um at least as far as like recent races so cheers to Alpine for that Haas they get an A plus another double points finish for them in 6th and 8th they seem like they're really getting comfortable at least at the tracks that we've been going to recently and apparently there are issue in the straight line i don't know where they're finding finding this straight line speed from but Lewis was really having trouble passing the Hasses with uh with DRS in a straight line. So it seemed like they found their their niche where they can potentially squeeze out some more performances. Um McLaren I kind of want to give them a B plus, but yeah, I I'll give them a B plus. They had a decent race. Not anything great or over the top. They still seem like they can't figure out their package necessarily, so yeah. Alfa Romeo, C, tough result for them, tough weekend. Williams, C, minus, C, I'll give them a C. Really kind of back to reality check for them. Aston Martin, really tough race weekend for them, so they're going to have to get a D. Alfa Tauri, I'll give them a D too, just an overall bad weekend for them. So, yeah, that'll round up my driver and team ratings for this path for the Austrian Grand Prix weekend. So, just to give you a little update on the standings, not too much has changed other than Charles passing Sergio to take back second in the driver standing. So, now he is 38 points off of Max. So, Max is still leading with 208 Charles is in second with 170. Sergio's in third, still with 151. Carlos is in fourth with 133. So Charles has pulled a little bit of a gap to his teammate. So I know that'll make him feel a little bit more comfortable. Lewis is still closing the gap to George Russell, who is in fifth with 128. Lewis is in sixth with 109. Lando Norris holding on to seventh with 64 points. So the top six have pretty much cleared themselves from everybody else. Esteban Ocon is in eighth with 52 points. Botas is in ninth with 46 points. It's really tight in this this midfield battle. Kevin Magnus or uh, Fernando Alonso is in tenth with 29 points. So there's a little bit of a gap there. Kevin Magnussen's in 11th with 22. Daniel Ricciardo has vaulted himself up into 12th with 17 points. Pierre Gasly's in 13 with 16. Sebastian Vettel is in 14th with 15. Mick Schumacher jumps up again with his points finished. Now he's in P15 with 12 points on the season. Yuki Sonoda is in 16th with 
11 points. Joe Guan Yu is in 17th with 5. Alex Albon is in 18th with 3. Lance Stroll is in 19th with 3 as well. And Nicholas Latifi is our last up with being the only driver that has not scored points this weekend or this season yet. And then an update on the teams. Red Bull Racing is still leading the championship on 359 total points. Ferrari is now 56 points behind, which is not a whole lot. You can definitely close that gap over the course of a couple race weekends, and all it takes is a few more DNFs and some more race wins and fastest laps to close that gap. And they've pulled away a little bit from Mercedes, who are in third on 237 points. So would that be 66 points back? So Ferrari are kind of smack dab in the middle now, about an equal distance from Red Bull as they are from Mercedes. McLaren in fourth, tied with Renault in fifth on 81 points. So I know I said Haas seems like they're controlling the Haas and Alpine seem like they're controlling the midfield, but um, McLaren are still at the top, and they're pretty far away from. Well, not not that far when you consider like team results and stuff, but. McLaren and, and Alpine being fourth and fifth with 81 points, and then Alfa Romeo being in sixth with 51, and then Haas being in seventh with 34. Now that gap will close up quickly if Haas continue to put out results like they've been putting out the past two races, but we'll see what happens with them. Al, or Alpha Tauri is in eighth with 27 points. Aston Martin is in ninth with 18 points, and Williams rounds out the grid in 10th with three points on the season. So that, yeah, that wraps up the, the race review for this weekend. Kept it short, kept it simple. Um, we got France in two weeks, I believe the weekend of the 23rd. So not next weekend. Yeah. The following weekend. So that should be a pretty good one. We'll see how the cars can follow through France. There's a lot of high-speed corners and really a mix of both high-speed and low corners. It's traditionally been a pretty boring race, but we will see what happens. It was entertaining last year, so yeah, let's just let's see what happens with France. I think it'll be another good track for Mercedes, a very flat, very smooth surface, a lot of high-speed corners, which they seem like they really do well at. So I will put out my race predictions like normal, and we'll just kind of keep an eye out on what happens for France, and we'll see what happens with these top teams and who can really take advantage and get their package right. But I will see you guys later. I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my Sunday and relax and get ready to be at work on Monday morning. So I am out. This has been your boy Mel with the Naldo Formula One podcast. I will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Peace.